Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Film Club Podcast, where we talk about movies. And this month, we're talking about Nicolas Cage. And this week, we're talking about... Pig. Yes, we're talking about Nicolas Cage's 2001 drama film that... 2021? I mean, we're not oh, going sorry. that far back. T- 2021. We, we lost, like, a couple of years there, so I, I forget sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, his 2001, uh, 21 drama film... Uh, starring Nicolas Cage and... Also uh, the last installment of Rage Cage Month. It is the last installment of Rage Cage Month. And I think this is a really good movie to go out on. Because I think this kind of full circles Nicolas Cage Month a little bit. You know? I suppose. Because at, at first we get him playing in uh, Moonstruck, right? And he's this kind of romantic lead. He's not really the supporting... He's not really, like, the leading man in the in the film. Or he's not the lead of the film. That yeah. was Cher. That was Cher. You know, and then he propels himself to be, you know, an action star in the 90s. And then this Oscar-worthy star in the 90s. And then this franchise star in, like, the 2000s. And with Pig, it feels like he's... This is this is back to his roots, Cage. This is Nicolas Cage being, being a thespian again. Yes. And not saying too much in this film. No, this is a really quiet film. It's really slow. There's not... Okay, I'm just going to come out and say it. You did not like this film. Uh, Not too much. I mean, it had a lot of heart, uh, beautiful scenery, food galore, which I loved. It's borderline food porn in uh, sections of the film. Yeah, it was just a little too quiet for me. It's like... I felt like we could have used more dialogue in the movie, and we don't really get that, apart from, where's my pig? I thought it was a wonderful film. Uh, well, I I think its lack of dialogue works better for the film, because it's really incentivizing us to watch and feel what's going on, instead of just hearing them talk yeah. kind of thing. It's like we I have know. to pay attention to what, what's happening. Yeah, and I got that. It's just... It was a little slower paced for me, so it wasn't my bag. I gotcha. I mean, is there anything in the movie that um, you like that stood out to you? Well, I mean, of course I liked the opening scene where we see him out truffle hunting. Mm-hmm. I like the simplicity of that. And then I also love the complexity of once we know that he was this renowned chef and seeing him prepare the dinner with... Um, Alex Wolf's character? Alex, yeah. I, I the, the guy say, from the Naked Brothers Band. That and The Fault in Our Stars, but I was just like... I, also Hereditary. That too, but, but I was just very like... Very good actor, by the oh, way. Oh yeah, I love Alex Wolf. I... Okay, because I remember him and he was on that that movie or that show in like the early 2000s, The Naked Brothers Band yeah, or whatever. Yeah. On Nickelodeon. On Nickelodeon. I was like, oh, you're the kid that I remember from like elementary school. Oh, wait, you're like a real actor. I... I'm just surprised he didn't grow up to be a train wreck, because that's usually how those child stars end up, right? Well, this is Nickelodeon, not Disney. Oh, that's true. The the Disney stars are the ones that, you know, sometimes some things happen, and it's just like, what happened? I, okay. Is that just, like, a thing with Disney stars? Where Disney stars of a certain era, they just end up being wrecked for life? I mean, we see, like, the Demi Lovato stuff with, the aliens and the wait, ghosts. Wait, what happened? You gotta watch some of her interviews. Just I, like... Okay, the last thing I heard about Demi Lovato was this girl I went to high school with was like, oh, I like Demi Lovato. I think she was still on, like, the Disney Channel or some shit. Well, what's this about aliens and ghosts now? 
Yeah, there she, there's been interviews where I think she's I don't know how many times she's relapsed because she's really into drugs and stuff. Uh huh. But she's had a lot of relapse and done a lot of rehab. But there's just been these interviews where she's you know made contact with aliens and how she felt bad about ghosts that no one pays attention to them and she wanted to do like concerts for ghosts. It's just uh, really bizarre this stuff. This isn't like like the Dan Aykroyd thing, right? No, I don't think so. Okay. For people who don't know, Dan Aykroyd is a is is a, a cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, but he's like he's like aware he's crazy kind of thing. So it's it's like entertaining. Is is she aware she's she's loony? I don't even know if she's loony. I think she's just doing it to do it. Just to kind of, you know... Is it like that rapper who uh, said the earth was flat and just t- tried to get everybody to roll with it? I think so. I think that's just more, hey, let me put my name out there. I mean, we saw her not too long ago in Eurovision. She's, uh... What's her name in the movie? Wait, is she the Russian broad in Eurovision? No, she's uh, Icelandic too, and she's supposed to be the one that is the singer for Iceland, but she's on the boat. Or she's oh, on the, when it explodes, when it explodes that's right. Kostia, or whatever her name is. That, okay. She's the one that appears to Will Ferrell as a ghost, and she's trying to, like, warn him, you know, they're gonna Wait, try to kill you. Wait, that's Lovato? Yeah, and then he's like, yeah, dude, you're already too late. He already tried to kill me, and, I, you know, the elves killed him. But, yeah, that's Demi Lovato. So, I don't know if it's for show, if it's... Oh, who knows? But Alex Wolf definitely caught the the good end of the child star bracket. Well, yeah, I mean, when you do the comparison between Nick Nickelodeon and Disney, it's like it seems like more crazy things happen on the Disney end than it does the Nickelodeon end. It feels like the Nickelodeon stars they don't. I guess because it's not like a machine, they're good for X number of years, yeah. and then they just kind of all right. You're like fifteen or sixteen. You're kind of like done in mm. our bracket. Go off and do something else. Yeah. Where Disney, it's like, oh, you're 15 or 16. Well, we're gonna we're gonna switch you from the kids star and get you into like in like the Disney movies, or we're gonna switch you into like the ABC Family bracket. Ooh, that's where you're like Kyle XY and and Halloween Nights or something like that. Yeah, and I mean, not knocking Disney or Nickelodeon because people are people. People are gonna have their own issues. Stuff happens. But uh, there but, seems to be a lot of stuff happening just around the Disney childhood. Yeah, and I, I think it's what you said. You know, people are just getting overworked, and it's really a juggernaut that they're just going through. And then once they spit you out, and okay, you're kind of aged out, you're done. It's just like, what the hell happened? Oh yeah. It's just you've been this, you know, fast-paced cycle, and it's just like, what? I finally get to stop. That, <laughs> that that's kind of what I'm afraid is going to happen with John Cena. Because everything I hear about John Cena is... I love John Cena. I know. Everything I hear is John Cena is nothing but a wonderful human being. He is! Did you hear the thing about the Ukraine kid? Yes, I did. He was like, well, he was only like an hour and a half flight away, so I hopped on a plane to go meet him. First of all, first of all, this kid, for people who don't know, this kid, like, they're fleeing Ukraine, right? Yeah. And he's like, like, not all there. He's like, has Down syndrome or something like that. And his parents tell him... We're not fleeing Ukraine because the Russians are invading. We're going to go see John Cena. And he's like, oh, yeah, let's go see John Cena. And they flee Ukraine and they're in, like, Poland. And the story gets around and John Cena's like, well, I guess I got to make this kid's dream come true. And he just flies over and meets the kid. He didn't, like, send him a card or, like, zoom in. He met the the kid. And this wasn't in, like, America. It was in, like, Poland. Yeah, because that's John Cena. He's like, yeah, I'm not going to just leave an autograph. It's like, if I can fly out and go meet this kid... Who's already dealt with 
war in this country. Th- there's a reason why the man has the world record for make a wishes. Oh yeah, and he it's... will never be topped. Has he gotten to the thousand mark, or is he still like? Above 500. He's above five, and I want to say he's closing in on a thousand. I know he's smoked everyone else, but um, but that's the thing. I'm afraid because John Cena's life is scheduled beyond belief. Oh yeah, because of like pro wrestling and like he does he does the acting stuff, mm-hmm. and he's basically just been on a very strict like uber schedule. Like, yeah. I think you showed me one of those reality TV shows he was on. What, Total Bellas? I, th- I think so. And I he, love Total Bellas. And, and it's like, he's like borderline like autistic about the things in his life. He's like, everything has to be exactly correct. Well, it's this not, is the dirty hamster drawer. It's this not is the autistic. He's just very, maybe anal is the right word, where it's just, okay, I like my things done this way, this way, this way. I mean, good on him. At least he's not a you know complete mess where it's just like, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing, where I'm going, where I'm going to be. He's like, no, I'm, you know, A through Z, I know everything that is going on in my life, which is nice. But, yeah, that, that wouldn't work for me because that's just too structured. And <laughs> yeah, you know, it, no free form. It's like, I, I like to have a little bit of, you know, room to breathe. And, oh, if that didn't get done today, all right, no biggie. But it's just like. Yeah, but but that's the thing. One day, John Cena's gonna retire, or he's gonna get too old to do something, or he's gonna, like, hurt himself, and it's like, hey, what, what's gonna happen when, when Super Cena has to hang up the, hang up the cape? Just saying, tonight, John Cena's coming back to Raw. And, Is he? And they're gonna, they've been speculating, he might go in for his 17th time as world champion, so, I hope. Oh, I hope. God. Uh, I... Not that I've watched wrestling in a long time, but... I... I'm I'm like the same way. I got the WWE Network like fucking five years ago. I think probably longer than that. Probably longer. And I was like, oh, sick! I I watched a little bit of wrestling. I like wrestling. What the yeah, we'll We've gone to live events. We, we've gone to live events. I'm like, oh, cool, watch it. And I'm like, I think when Peacock took it over, I I think I stopped watching completely. It was before Peacock because they really changed the storylines, and it was just well. I remember weird. I still would watch like the pay per views because yeah, you guys any, would watch them for anybody out there. Like if you're gonna watch wrestling, just just pick a, any pay per view that sounds cool, and you just watch from there. WrestleMania is a good place to start. WrestleManias are awesome. TLC. Oh no no. Royal Rumble. Oh yeah, Royal Rumble. The, I will. I will fight. The Royal Rumble is the greatest match WWE puts on every year. It is, but also tables, ladders, and chairs is so much fun. No, TLC is great. Like I, I love the old TLC mm-hmm. stuff where you were like, oh, safety regulation. What do you mean? Like it's fine. Oh Just... my God, he's dead. He's dead. He's done. Oh shit, he's getting back up. Never mind. Oh God, I, I remember watching old ECWs, and it's like. I don't... Hey, Taz is... Taz is dead, right? Like, he... You can't go through that on fire from that height and not and not be dead, right? And then he would get up and he'd go over to the pinfall. I'm like, what the... You're not supposed to survive these things. Put the thumbs up. I'm good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just uh, give me a beer after this. I'm good. Oh, that was the Sandman. Uh, I'm gonna... I'm, I'm gonna go back and watch wrestling. But back to Pig. Yes. Um. So, uh, yeah... Oh, how did we get from... We were talking about Alex Wolf and Disney stars, and we got to WWE. John Cena. It, life happens. We're going on tangents. Yeah, a little bit. You know, because uh, Pig is... I think it's a powerhouse performance from Nick Cage, but I should pro- we should probably tell people what this movie is about. Yeah, tell them what the movie's about. All right, so if you watched the trailer, 
It is not John Wick with a pig starring Nicolas Cage. That is not the movie. That's what I assumed. I'm like, we're going to get this. This is going to be fucking awesome. That's what everyone thought. And then I was like, wow, this is so quiet. It's like watching a silent film. And it's beautiful. Well, it's beautiful. I won't knock that. It's a beautiful film, but it's just, I'm like, oh man, Nick Cage is, you know, doing this underground, you know, fight club. It's going to be awesome. And then he takes the beating. I'm just like, what? I'm like, no John Wick. No big. Where my John Wick? Exactly. (laughs) That, but that's the thing. This movie, I think is, I think the thing it's most famous for, um, is that it was one of the biggest bait and switches yeah. for for people or and, for movie going audiences. And one of the last films before the pandemic, because this came out and it was filmed in 2019. Yeah. So it was, I think it was the last film from this, this studio, Neon, before it got, everything got shut down. And this was a, an issue for the film because they couldn't get too much funding. So they couldn't do a lot of reshoots. It's like everything that they did had to be done the first go. Yeah, because I know that even the budget for the film was super low. And I think almost every scene in the film is like a one take. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think... Yeah, I think that's that's true. Like 80% of the film or 75% is the first and only take of that sequence. Oh. That's, that's why everything is done in one long shot and all these wides. Which, yeah. kudos to the actors in this film because... That's incredibly difficult to make sure, okay, we only have, you know, maybe one, maybe, maybe two takes that we can do. So you got to be on it. And it's like, Nick Cage, you know, he's got it. I, everything I heard Nick Cage is, was like, not only like super professional because he's Nick, yeah. you know, he's a good, nice guy, Nick Cage. But also, he was so in tune with the character. Yeah. And so he was all about this role. He said since that this is like his favorite role he's ever done. Yeah, during a press tour for uh, for Massive Talent, yeah. his latest movie, he said that Pig is his favorite movie that he's done so far. Yeah, and it's like, okay, like it. I wanted to see it and kind of see why it was, and it's like, okay, I can understand why this is his favorite. He is Nick Cage. He doesn't have to say too much without being a strong presence. In the film. And you feel there's a lot of emotion to it. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of, like, him in the role. But back to what it is. The the movie. What's it about? (laughs) So, the movie um, is about Robin. Uh, Robin Feld, who Mm -hmm. is this hermit that lives in Portland. uh, Like, the woods of Portland, Oregon. He's a truffle hunter. Yeah, he hunts truffles with his truffle pig. And he sells them to Alex Wolf's character, who takes them and sells some of these high-end restaurants mm-hmm. in Portland. And one day, somebody comes and steals Robin's prized truffle pig. Mm-hmm. And Robin's like, well, I need to go get my pig back. So it's this odyssey of him going through not only the truffle hunting community, but also these like high-class restaurants and the underground kind of like foodie culture that's in mm-hmm. Portland. And through this, we discover that Robin isn't just this weird hermit up in the mountains he is a former world-renowned chef yeah that um was at one point the greatest chef in portland and after his wife died that's when he retreated into the mountains Mm -hmm. and the whole movie is this deconstruction or i don't even know it's a deconstruction it's just it's uh, 
it's a Bane switch. It starts off as you think it's a revenge story, and mm-hmm. it ends, and you're like, no, it's it's a reconciliation story. Yeah. It's a story of him coming to terms with his wife's death. It's a story of the son coming to terms with the sins of his father, mm-hmm. and the father coming to terms with the loss of his wife, and it's it's a beautiful kind of kind of film, and it talks about people running from their past but terrified of the future that's in front of them and how Robin chose to just disengage with society and just run his wheels in this kind of purgatory. It's a, it's a really deep film yeah. and it looks like it was shot for a ham sandwich budget. Still beautiful though. Oh, it's a beautiful film. Glorious film. Glorious film. So, I probably know your answer already, but I feel like I have to ask it. Of course. Have you ever had truffles before? No, I actually don't know what truffles are. Well, they're a part of the mushroom family, so they come in sauces. I mean, you can eat them. They're very expensive, so that's why I've tried it like in hot sauce and aioli's uh, pasta sauce. Really good. I, I love mushrooms. I know you're not a mushroom fan. Not a fan of of uh, things that can grow on a bathroom floor mat. Not a fan. Not but, a fan. I highly recommend. If you're able to try them, I'd try it. If, I, if I'm ever in the market for some high-end truffles, I will definitely go for it. You'd be surprised. There are in a lot of sauces. You might enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Kind of, you know, like a rich, earthy flavor. It's good. It tastes like the ground that it came out of. It tastes like mushrooms. Weird. So good. Also the food porn in this movie. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, I, I wish we could have had more food shown in the movie. Oh, because the the movie it's about like cooking and it's about mm-hmm. food and this whole um, culture culture of, of it and it's yeah. kind of like an allegory for stuff that I'm not smart enough to pick out right now because I'm I'm starting to look at some Taco Bell ads right now, but Ooh. um the whole thing about this movie is there are some shots in it like oh the the climax of the movie where he's making the the perfect um, dinner right. And it's like he's making it by candlelight too. Yeah, and it's like this duck dish, and it looks. Oh my god! Like I'm, I'm, whew, my mouth was watering. Yeah, there's some I, I don't know if it was duck delicious. or Cornish game hens because it was a lot smaller of a bird. Mm-hmm. But just you know, with the potato gratin, and I, I is, oh, is that what that's called? Yeah. Okay, because I, I low key, I'm like taking notes as I'm watching the movie. I'm like, okay, whatever that potato thing is, I don't know what it is, but it looks pretty damn good. Oh yeah, potato anything, but yeah, I think he was making like a potato gratin. And then I don't. I wasn't sure what the wine was. It's like I heard her say it, but whatever it is, it was fancy as shit. Being held in a, a mausoleum, which uh, that's another thing. The movie feels like it's about to turn into a John Wick action movie at that's any. That's what moment. I waited for. Because I thought we're gonna get the action right now, and I was like, oh no, they're just having dinner. <laughs> it's it's so weird. Like it. Okay, did it feel like the movie was teasing you the whole time? Yes. Is that why you didn't like it? Maybe. I don't know. It was, <laughs> it was a little slow, but then I was just like, okay, now something's going to happen. I was like, well, no. Now they're just driving. Okay, now, no. They're sitting at the, the cafe. Now? No. Oh, there's the credits. Oh, well, okay. I mean, okay, but the credits are... The, the scene right before the credits is beautiful, because it's done to the Springsteen song. Yeah. Um, and it's like this, like, really, it's this acoustic version, kind of like a folk song, mm-hmm. and it's beautiful, and with the light coming in, Nick Cage looking up, and it's this, his wife's voice. 
that is one thing I'll give this movie. I really enjoyed the music mm-hmm. because it was a lot of classical music. I love that motif in this movie because yeah. it's not just classical music. It's classical music with the commentary from some like British dude about why the classical music is important. I mean, they used Lacrimosa by Mozart, so I was just like, fuck yeah, Mozart. I <laughs> love just, this. You just love Amadeus. That too. That's a really great movie. I I just watched Amadeus uh, probably a month ago. It was oh, like the first a few months ago. It was like the first time I I ever saw it, and yeah. I was like, "Yeah, I see why this won five Oscars." But goddamn it, the Mozart is a cunt. I ooh, I wanted to, I wanted to, to punch Mozart out. I mean, so bad. Mozart knew how to have a good time, uh, but it was always getting himself into trouble. First of all, that laugh. <laughs> if if a motherfucker comes up to me and just. Does that that of most obnoxious fucking I'm four beers in and I want you to know about my baseball team laugh at me? I I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking snap. I'm gonna strangle this person. If Sal- Salieri planning Mozart assassination, completely justified. Completely justified based off of Mozart's laugh. And again, I have to say, Dean, it's just a movie. Calm down. No, no, not a movie. If I go if I go back in time and he laughs like that, it's over. It's over. Uh-huh. But, I mean, you know you love that the DVD held such a long movie. It had to be put onto two discs. I love long movies, alright? I, I bought um, Once Upon a Time in America. Oh, God, that movie. I, again, it no goes on for days. It's, it's four hours long of the most perfect pieces of cinema you've ever seen. But I got that movie at, like, Barnes & Noble, because it's the only place you can find a copy. I was like, oh, sick. Also Amazon, but you didn't want to buy it off Amazon. I didn't want to buy it off Amazon because it it only sold, like, the weird cut of the movie. It didn't have, like, the the right cut. Like, the, um... The four-hour cut? The four-hour cut. It only had, like, a two-hour cut. Mm. And then it had, like, the four and, like, 20 cut. And I I just wanted the one we watched. Okay. But I was like, oh, sick. And I felt, I'm like, oh, well, there's only one disc in this this box. Oh, that's, that's gonna be great. And I go home, I put it in, I'm watching it, I'm like, wait, intermission? What the, what the fuck? Pull it out and it's like, where's, there's no other disc. I was gypped a disc. I was lied to. Also, I found out that movie, three discs long. Yeah. Three discs long. I was very angry when I was missing two discs for my, <laughs> my DVD copy of Once Upon a Time in, in uh, America. In America. Yeah. But that sounds about right. Yeah. You I wouldn't think... check it in. I thought you can fit four hours on one disc. No, it's thought, a lot. thought you could. You can... I mean, I guess you can't fit Ben-Hur on one disc. No, it's a set. Well, yeah, I have my copy of Ben-Hur. It's two discs. Well, I'm trying to think... Because I remember there used to be VHS tapes that were like three tapes long. I think... Yeah, I mean, look, Titanic is two. Uh, I think... And Lawrence of Arabia is two. Jaws is two. Is Jaws 2? Yeah, remember we went to, what was it, Midsummer Scream last year? Yeah. In Pasadena? when well, I, We're actually going to Midsummer Scream next month in Long Beach at the actual convention, and I'm so excited. But <clears throat> Yeah, if you see us, come up and talk to us, even though you don't know what we look like. That's the, <clears throat> chal- that's the challenge for, for anybody who actually listens to us. Yes. But, uh, yeah, I bought Jaws last year at Midsummer Scream. It was a two-disc, uh, or, sorry. It was a two-tape set. Does, isn't, like, the one tape just special features? Isn't that, isn't that what that is? 
Because Jaws isn't that long. I don't know. I'd have to look at it because that's what I felt too, that Jaws wasn't that long a movie. Because we saw that and we saw that in a theater and it was only, I think it was only like two hours. Yeah, so maybe tape two is the bonus features. But on a lot of tapes, like I, my Moulin Rouge tape, that has all the special features. Wait, Moulin Rouge came out on tape? Yeah, this was like early 2000s that Moulin Rouge came out. They were still making tapes in early 2000s? Yeah, tapes and DVDs. Oh, God. Yeah, I have the tape because I used to have one of those TVs that had the VCR built into it. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the height of classical uh, cinema viewing, yes. Yeah, so of course, it's like, well, we'll get her the tape because it's too expensive to get her a DVD player. So it's just like, yeah. So I, I, I have we to look at early. Jaws and see what tape two is, but I would imagine... Once Upon a Time in America would be, I don't know, maybe multiple tapes? It, 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 it's, it has to be two. It might be three. But I don't know if the if the four plus or the six plus hour cut ever made it to tape kind of thing. It might have only been theatrical. but Maybe. Yeah. But back to our main topic at hand, Pig. So Pig is a great movie. Um, I think Nicolas Cage gives his best performance in years in this film. Yeah, I think so too. Uh... We really kind of tossed up what was going to be the last film of this installment, and I kind of wanted to go uh, Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent because that was his last film at the moment. Yeah, and we watched that in the theater. We both really enjoyed yeah. it. Maybe um, we should talk about a little bit of that I, on this episode, too. I mean, why, we, we've gone through Disney stars, John Cena, we get through taste. Yeah, let's just talk about Once Upon Mass- a Time in Hollywood. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Massive Talent. So, yeah, uh, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent with uh, well, Pedro Pascal and Nicholas Cage. Before we, we talk about that, so you went to go see Pig in the theater. Yes, I did. You saw it at the Frida in Santa Ana, right? Frida Cinema in Santa Ana. It was part of the greatest double bill of all time. So... Uh, me and me and the boys were gonna go out to see Starship Troopers. Oh, that's right. And Starship Troopers is awesome. I don't understand why you don't like that movie. Uh, because that movie's a masterpiece. There's many reasons. If you want to listen to that episode, it's it's on here somewhere. It's somewhere. Yeah, we're rounding up to our 100th episode, so it's maybe in the 30s, the 40s, somewhere in there. <laughs> yeah, but Starship Troopers, I love that movie. Grew up with that movie. That was my jam. I read the book. I underst- I like watching it. Get you the understood themes. the world. I understood this world, and I was just uh, like, it was "Great." Oh, worlds are being destroyed by big bugs shooting stuff out of their ass. It's so cool. It won an Oscar, mm-hmm. but we we were going out to see Starship Troopers, and I'm like. Okay, well, I'm going to get there before everybody because the new Nick Cage movie is out, Pig. And I'm like, all right, you know, I'll drive out to go see it and, you know. Just wait. And I'll just wait, yeah, because I wanted to go see a movie and I wanted to get food beforehand. So it's like, all right, watch the movie, get food. Then I have like 20, or I have like a half hour. Then we go see Starship Troopers and we drink for the rest of the night. It's going to be great. Have my own double feature. Mm -hmm. So me, my brother, my best friend Greg watch Pig in the theater and it's like, man, this movie is like, it's going to be a John Wick style fucking action movie. We're going to just check it out. It's going to be great. And then at the end of it, my brother is in, is in tears. My buddy Greg has no words. He just gets up quietly, nods his head and leaves. And I'm, I'm there like consoling my brother who is like, Dean, oh, I got to be the last one to leave right now. Okay. I don't want to see, I don't want anybody to see my tears. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, no worries, Randy. We're, we're cool. We're cool. Give him a little hug. You know, wait for him to come out. And I remember getting that text, you know, 
dude, Randy's in tears right now. And I'm like, what happened? You know, did you guys get jumped? He's like, no, pig just tore him apart. And I was just like, oh, okay. So, you know, I'm like, okay, this movie's going to make me cry. I was like, they're going to kill the pig and I'm going to be distraught. Well, I mean, the pig dies, but we yeah. don't see anything. I, I thought, you know, they're going to show the pig being killed and, you know, him reacting to it. But I was oh, just like... Oh, but when he reacts, when he finds out the pig's dead, though, that that tears your soul in half. Yeah, it's sad, but I mean, it wasn't enough to get me to, you know, burst into tears that, or anything. Get that well up No, feel. nothing. Really? No, I mean, you know, I lost my dog in 2020. It's We're coming up on two years. Uh-huh. I've had that dog for 16 years. Uh, yeah, I was absolutely gutted when he passed away. And that's why I thought that's going to tap into this. As soon as soon as a pet goes, you're just like, it's over, can't do oh, it. Oh, yeah. I mean, anything with an animal or a pet in a movie, I'm like, don't you fucking go near that animal. Don't do anything. Have you been on doesthedogdie.net? No, of I course think. not. Well, 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 here's what it is. It's this website. I think that's what it's mm. called. It might be, it's like, does the dog die? question mark dot something or whatever so you can look up these movies and see ahead of time you literally look up and it's just it's a just a catalog and a search engine for does a dog die in this movie or does an animal die in this movie just so you can avoid it no like like i am i think the thumbnail is just i am legend oh god that was such a hard scene to watch i probably cried because i I saw that in the theater fucking everybody (laughs) did uh yeah so it's like that movie was not very good but that scene that that's tore people's soul in there yeah that was gut-wrenching and it's like yeah you know seeing him collapse when he finds out that his pig is dead like yeah you know i could totally empathize understand that i mean even throughout the movie his you know his drive to find her it's like i'd be the same you know with binks if she were to get loose and she was just out there in the world or someone stole her absolutely you know i'd be out there with a vengeance trying to get my cat vengeance just like batman be going nuts you know not not everything is about batman it all circles back to batman but you know it's like yeah i could totally understand that you know yes he used her for work but that's what he tells i i don't even know what alex wolf's character in the movie is called i we're just gonna keep calling him alex wolf yeah so alex Uh, wolf when he tells him that extraordinaire he tells them that it's not even about the pig. It's really the trees that tell you where the truffles are. It's just, this has probably been the only living thing that he's been close to since his wife passed. So to have this surrogate family member just be gone and dead. Yeah, totally gutted and devastated. I'd be the same way if Binks well, was gone. For for Robin in the movie, it's him reliving the loss of his yeah. wife. And I think that's why the movie's so poignant at the end. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably why it got to got to Randy. And it got to me too. Where the whole movie is just about loss mm-hmm. and and the feelings of it and accepting it and all this other stuff. Yeah. I think it's a very poignant movie. Yeah, like I like if somebody like if this movie like got got you a little bit, like I think I think this movie can get just about anybody. Alright? It, no, it didn't it just I mean, didn't it didn't get me. I mean you put on the ending of E.T., that'll get me every time. Ice could be dry as soon as that starts to play. You could wa- I'm gone. You could walk in, like, like um, right before the scene starts. Like, you don't know what's going on, and you see it starting. You're like, oh, God, no. No. Mm-hmm. No, E.T., please, survive. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, but it's just like, yeah, you know, I can empathize. I've lost people. I've lost pets, too, and it's just like, no, it didn't get a reaction out of me like that. 
But, uh, the, but meanwhile, you know, Dean and Randy were hugging it up at the Frida, just bawling uh, their eyes out. We were not bawling our eyes out. Like, Randy, Randy got, like, the one tear going, right? Right, that's not what you said. Okay, I might I might have said he was crying like a little bitch. That might have that, been in the text. That is on the text, yeah. But, you know, yeah, Randy, Randy it got to him, and I was like, oh, yeah, it got to me, too. I'm like... Hey, movie. This the movie I thought was just wow. This is way heavier than the John Wick pig movie I thought I was gonna see. Yeah, that's what I expected. That this was gonna be a deep, but action suspense. I thought it was gonna kind of be up there with like Mandy. Yeah, and we, we watched Mandy, and that was the that's the only episode we've ever scrapped on the. Yeah, we're gonna do show. we're gonna do that for another time. I just. I think at the time we couldn't really articulate what we saw, even though you had seen the movie a bunch of times. And oh, that was my first time seeing it. I've, yeah, because I've seen it a bunch of times. That was your first time seeing it. And I, I think I remember the words you told me was, Dean, I don't know what I watched, but it was pretty. I don't it know what was. I watched. It was a beautiful movie. It's like, I love the color palette of that movie. And of course, you know, the iconic scene, which is another Nick Cage. Nick Cage memes. Nick Cage memes gif of him in the car. Just like. The, the crazy grin. The crazy grin. It's like, yeah. So it's like, I love that. But uh, yeah, I mean, Pig was good, but it wasn't my bag. And I know it's. You love it. I You, it, you know, hold it up there. It's one of those. Um. It's definitely an art house kind of movie. Yeah. It's one of these movies where it's like, I can definitely see why not everyone would like it, but I think it is probably Nick Cage's best performance. I mean, it's 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 between it's between this and Leaving Las Vegas. I think those two are probably his like like best performances like those are career all-time performances at least from the stuff i've seen not even massive talent well okay massive talent was a glorious film where uh, he played himself young twice yes yes he got to play nicky cage and then he got to play nick cage and it is and nick uh, cage from con air where i brought you this bunny ah uh, okay okay so for anybody who hasn't seen the unbearable weight of massive talent Please go and see it. Yes. Um. It is. It is a bunch of fun. Is Nick Cage, Pedro Pascal, right? Yes. And I never realized Pedro Pascal was funny. Oh, he's hilarious. I didn't know because I've seen him in like the like as the Viper in Game of Thrones, and yeah. it's like, oh, he's like playing like suave, swashbuckling badass. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Or like he's in like the Mandalorian. And Which you didn't even get through a single episode. Oh no no no! I got through. I got through the first episode. I got. I got through the one and a half episodes of the Mandalorian before I checked out. And you're like, I just can't do it, boo. But you better sit and with uh, watch all of uh, Cowboy Bebop, or else I won't speak to you ever again. I I never said that. And you should watch Cowboy Bebop, the anime. The Netflix series is garbage. Watch the anime. It's I watched great. ten episodes, and five of those were subbed. And I'm pr- very proud of you. You should also watch the dub of Cowboy Bebop, everyone. It is the superior version. No, watch The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian kicks serious ass. It it just comes down to my thing where Star Wars has been so soured for me. Which is why you need to keep watching it, because this is true Star Wars. Well, that's my thing. Like, my true Star Wars is literally just a new hope. Like, I don't think any of the other films in the Star Wars canon are as good as a new hope. But that, again, just me. I understand. I'm in the minority. 
you're the pain in the ass. We know. Yes, of we course. Know. Yeah, you but, get it. Yeah. But go on, continue. Well, because I never thought Pedro Pascal, comedic actor, it just didn't cross my mind. And I see him in this, and I'm like, dude, can I just get another, like, a Nick Cage, Pedro Pascal buddy cop movie? Or can we just hang out with the two of you? Can, yeah, can you guys just have, like, a series of movie where it's just you two just just trying to do whatever. Can I just get a family sitcom where it's Paige Pascal and Nicolas Cage trying to make like a small acting studio work? Wait, hold that. I'm gonna delete that. I'm gonna. I need to give Netflix a call. All right. Okay. We need to get that. We need to get that happening. But like, unbearable weight of massive talent is super fun. Super funny. It was also really great movie. It was also surreal. To be in a theater, and I mean, the theater was pretty loaded with people. It was, I think we saw it opening weekend? I think so, yeah. So I, I think we're in that opening weekend crowd. So, I, was we on Burbank or something and it was playing? Uh, we went to go see it in the Grove. That's what it was, yeah. Yeah, so I wasn't sure what the turnout was going to be, but I mean, almost every seat was taken. But I think what was the most surreal part was everybody was laughing. Yeah! It's not like, you know, like... A couple of people here and there. I was like, no, the entire theater was laughing. And I was like, wow, this is a great, funny movie. And it's not just funny to me. Well, here's the thing. When was the last time you saw a comedy in the theater? Like, li- like straight up. Just like you went and you and you knew it was a comedy. It was sold to you as a comedy. You're going to show up and you're going to watch a comedy film in a movie theater. I honestly don't remember. You, see? Like, I can't even recall the last comedy i saw in the theater not only that the last good comedy i saw i mean in the, theater. the only comedy that i could think of that we might have gone and seen and this is a long time ago uh but it's not a straight comedy because it's mixed with like action and stuff is um guardians of the galaxy 2 yeah, and it's like it's a marvel like a, movie that's a movie. superhero movie and they're and also um of the marvel movies are this weird blend of like comedy action films and that's why i said you know it's not just comedy it's mixed with so many other things and this movie was like an action comedy because there's a lot of action that happens in this movie oh yeah yeah but it is selling itself as being a comedy like the action is is meant to serve the purpose of it being funny where Uh, i mean just the the part where they're high and they think that they're being tailed and nick tells a Pedro Pascal, he's like, you know, just look, to throw the guys off, just laugh, and they'll think that we're having a conversation. And he starts laughing, and he's looking at them, making eye contact, and just laughing for like a minute straight. I swear to God. We were dying. I, I almost pissed myself. I laughed so goddamn hard. Oh my God. such that, a good movie. It is. It's That was a really, really, really good movie. And that's, and that's like the thing. Like, Nick Cage does Pig 20, or like 2019, right? Yeah. Releases in 2021. There was Oscar buzz for him being mm-hmm. like, hey, you know, he this might be his return. Like, he might get nominated. Oscar number two. Yeah, and people were like, he might get nominated. Like, this is a really good performance. I think in all the betting pools, because I watched those Oscar betting pools yeah. because I'm a degenerate gambler. Well, I mean... And he, that... was, he, wasn't a, he wasn't that much of a dark horse. Like, he was, like, out of, like, the top ten people, he was, like, probably number, like, 13. Where yeah. they're like, he could, he could sneak in. Like he can we're, be also the, we're also the kind of people where once they do like the brackets, you know, the the Academy does like, okay, this is every category and these are the people. That and, you, and you got to put your bets on the picks and who's going to win. Yeah, we, we print them out and we sit there and we fill them out and we see, you know, who could pick, 
you know, this, this, and that. I don't remember 2021's lineup of movies. I I just remember I won Best Picture that year. Not not me, obviously. But yes. I won that I won that that pick. That pick, yeah. Yeah. But I remember everybody was surprised that he wasn't nominated for Best Actor. Because I think he won a Golden Globe or a Critics Choice Award. He won some, he won an Independent Spirit Awards. He won a, he won other yeah. acting awards. But he does he does this. He does pig. And then he goes and he does massive talent, which mm. in all honesty is like, oh, this is like a kind of just like a, a, a career touchdown dance. Like this is kind of like um any other like any any other year, this would have been like a direct to video or a no, direct to DVD movie. I don't movie. think this could have been a direct to, to DVD movie because this movie Are you is sure? it this movie is so good. It deserved well, all the I, attention I, I that under, it got. I understand it deserves all the attention, but if it wasn't like, like I think it got the benefit from COVID years, right? Where it's like as soon as the COVID stuff lifted, everyone wanted to go to the theater. They stopped caring what was in there; just they needed to be in a movie theater. Yeah, but and I, it got that. It, I know it got that spike. It got the spike, but this is also a really, really good movie, and the marketing team was so good on this. I mean. Having the busts of his head that they were... That were all, like, tie-dyed and weird-looking. Yeah, I mean, having them in, like, major cities and different locations with artists, you know, okay, go to town, and then people could see it on Instagram, you know, oh, cool, you know, this is a Chicago, and that's how this one looks. We got to see ours at the Grove, which was cool. And then partnering up with Umami Burger for the massive talent special that came with the Nick Cage pillow yeah. that we were ready to drive around to and we just couldn't get the pillow. Yeah, the I know. The pillow sold out like the first day. Oh, it was, I think we asked them, they were like, oh, they sent us like a case of them and they were gone in the first like 15 minutes. It was something ridiculous like but that. But um, luckily the the guy that was helping us out there at Mumami Burger, it was also our first vid- visit. And I mean, those burgers were amazing. I think it's a really good burger. But he's like, yeah, he's like, we have the promotional burger boxes. He's like, would you want some of those? We're like, hell yeah, we do. But it was just, it's very smart marketing. And I think that's also why the movie worked really well, because it was just out there everywhere. Yeah, and I think that's that's the range of Cage, you know? I know this is our pig episode, and we've talked about a lot of things, Mm -hmm. and we talked about massive talent, but the range of Cage is what the whole month is, because... Mm -hmm. In Pig, that's like an Oscar bid, ultra dramatic, super like low budget, independent like art film. Art film, and then he does Massive Talent, which you could only Nicolas Cage, a like a movie star, could make a movie mm-hmm. like that, where it's just encompassing his entire career and just making not only a mockery of it, but enjoying the laugh that everyone's having at his expense yeah, and just playing into it. Like it's this whole thing where he's able to play, he's able to play ultra drama and ultra comedy and he's able to play all this stuff in between. Yeah. Like with all the things we've seen so far, we've seen him as this like romantically, we've seen Mm -hmm. him as an action star. We've seen him as an Oscar winner. We've seen him as like a kid friendly action hero. Mm -hmm. We've seen him as like this, this sort of um like revitalized like elder statesman actor mm-hmm. and I, I really do think like Nick Cage is probably in contention of one of the greatest actors of of this century absolutely and, phenomenal yeah. actor phenomenal person just it's very hard to find somebody that doesn't like Nick Cage or a Nick Cage movie 
it seems like we're all in the same boat that we don't have to like the same movie, but it's like, oh yeah, you know, I love Nick Cage. Or when I think of Nick Cage, I think of this old movie or do you remember him in this? It's always good things about Nick Cage. But boo, that is going to bring us to an end of our Nick Cage month. Will you be okay? I think I will, but I have to ask you the favorite Nick Cage film that we have seen. Maybe his favorite performance, maybe the one, maybe the movie that connected with you the most. Which one of the Nick Cage movies is your Nick Cage movie? I'm kind of torn because I want to say Moonstruck. Of course. Because that's, that one's been with me forever. And I mean, just Ronnie in that movie is amazing because he's just so... Where he starts pointing at his wooden hand. I got off my hand. <laughs> I'm a wolf. But it's like, yeah, I, I love that. But I'm torn between Moonstruck and Con Air. Uh, I, I knew it was going to be something like that. Con Air is so good. You know, just explosions and Nick Cage, like, okay, I'm in my wife beater. I got this. I'm good. I'm getting the bunny to my daughter. Uh, it, that is probably primo cheesy Nick Cage right there. And we have the meme of, you know, his hair blowing in the wind. He's like, ah, freedom. Uh, But what about you? What was your... Oh, well, it has to be the first Nick Cage movie we've watched. Moonstruck? Vampire's Kiss. Of this month. Come on. Don't oh, come be on. That cheating. Was a, that, was a, that was a pretty good one, though. It counts. Yes, yes. But, that was um, a great movie. But no, out of this whole month, um, I think Moonstruck was a lot of fun. It surprised the hell out of me. I think Pig is, again, mm-hmm. probably his best performance. Uh, National Treasure. It just felt so good to watch a movie from my childhood that wasn't shit on a rewatch. Yeah. I was like, I'm happy that movie held up. Uh, Con Air was... Oh, a transcendent experience. <laughs> I I needed Con Air in my life so, so many years ago, and I will never let it leave my life now. Exactly. But uh, it is the most depressing oh, one, God, and it is the hardest would. one. Leaving Las Vegas, I don't. I it's one of those movies where since we watched it, I can't get it out of my head, and it's. I know, I know. It's your least favorite one. I'm never watching it ever again because it's like I don't want to see Nick Cage die. It's just, it's too... Uh, it's hard. It's too brutal. I can't yeah. do it. But that's the thing. That movie is hard and it is mm-hmm. rough, but it is beautiful. It is so human and I, I just, I don't, I know. It is a horrible world to get lost in, but I got lost in it. You did and you love this kind of punishment of just, oh, my soul. But I love it so much. I like movies that get to you, you know? I like <sighs> movies where when, you, when you're when you done watching the movie, you, like, feel it. You feel like, oh, well, that movie kind of handed a number on me on that one. Jesus. Oh, like, I, like um, uh, don't get me wrong. I don't think movies should be endurance competitions where it's like, man, this movie is fucking hard to watch and I hate it. It's like, no, this movie is hard to watch and I love it. Where it's just like, you're fighting through the pain. Like, that kind of stuff. It's, oh, uh, <sighs> that's some good shit. But yeah, if I had my free range, Vampire's Kiss is a is a masterpiece and yes. uh, and should be on the Mount Rushmore of greatest performances of all time. That's really such a good movie. <laughs> it really is. But yeah, so that is the end of our Nick Cage month of the Cage Assance of the of the Rage Cage. We salute you, Nick Cage. But next month. Next month, that's right. We're starting with a new theme, and we're also jumping into July. So we're in the middle of summer. 
And what better way to celebrate the summer than the summer blockbusters? Yes, this was your pick. You helmed the entire lineup. I don't really know what we're going to watch, so I'm kind of excited. What's the first movie on the docket? Well, no spoilers, but there's a couple of films that I haven't seen. I think you've seen every movie coming next month. Okay. But next week, we're going to be taking a trip to a place I love. Amity Island. Oh. So we're going to be watching Jaws, one of my all-time favorite movies. I've been waiting to review this movie on the channel. I'm so hyped. All right. I'm excited. Like, this, I I think the last time I saw Jaws was in the theater with you. Yeah. And God damn, Spielberg can make a good picture. He, could, he not knows only can how to he, make a good picture. Not only can he make a good picture, this movie celebrated its 47th anniversary last week. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, this is uh, the one of the first blockbusters. I know you're going to give your rundown about the true first blockbuster. Yes, yes, I know. But, you know, it's 47 years old. We saw this a few years ago. Maybe we saw it for the 45th anniversary. I think that's what it was. It was the 45th anniversary. And, you know, to have it out in the world for 45 years... And the fact that we saw it on the big screen and people were still screaming and reacting because they hadn't seen the movie before was amazing. Because you hear it in interviews about, you know, how people that made the film sat in the theater and they're like, oh my God, people are actually physically reacting to the film. Especially because they thought the movie was going to bomb. Yeah. they Steven Spielberg thought, I've just made the worst decision of my entire career by making this movie. And it pretty much made his career. It made his career. It started the trend of the summer blockbuster. It really opened different channels for movie making as we know today. It also it also has this whole other impact on film history yeah. because with the rise of the summer blockbuster, it kind of killed the the auteur and Hollywood new wave. Mm-hmm. And like Spielberg is that double edged sword of being. Oh, he's this big crowd-pleasing director, but he's also the anti-auteur mm-hmm. kind of thing because it's like it he just works with this really weird mishmash of like genre convention and and like in like these mass market pop culture influences and stuff like that. And it's going to be interesting to tra- traverse the blockbuster month. Yeah, so this is going to be uh, a hefty episode, so stay tuned. We're going to be talking about jaws soon. But if you want to listen to us on a different platform, you can find us on Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Yeah, you can go to our YouTube channel, The Film Vault. That is The Film Vault on YouTube. Uh, go there, leave a comment, like it, subscribe it, do whatever you want there. It's it's fun. And if you want to follow us on social media, you can find us on Instagram at The Film Club Podcast, where we post trivia, stories, uh random movie stuff, filming locations, give us a follow. And with that, we'll see you next week at the Film Club. <laughs>